0: We are doing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Part 2, Chapter 25. This is, uh, we had done till verse 6. So, this is called the three modes and beyond. So, I will recap the verse 6 for you. There is a portion which we had left behind because it was important for us to do it this time. So, let me do the verse 6. My dear Uddhava, the combination of all the three modes is present in the mentality of I and mine. The ordinary transactions of this world which are carried out through the agency of the mind, the subject of perception, the sense and the vital layers of the physical body are also based on the combination of the modes. So we were doing how these independent gunas, that is, Sattva, Rajas and Tamas, how do they intermingle with each other and what is it that they create. And we are going to do in in this chapter how they interact with each other and what exactly happens. Now in this particular verse it is mentioned that the three gunas will only come into effect if there is an ego involved in it. You know, first guna was about goodness, second was about, you know, I, me, myself. (laughs) If that doesn't come, goodness doesn't come. You understand what I'm saying? I am good, I am nice, I am kind, I want to donate to charity. The sattva guna is also a part of that I, me, myself. Now, the rajas, rajas is all about activity, as you know, passion. I am passionate. I want to achieve, I want to become rich, I want to get married, I want to have children. It's all about rajas. Then the third one is called tamas. Tamas is all about laziness, inertia, I'm feeling so tired, I don't know what I'm going to do, this whole world is calling me names, I'm the worst character on earth. You know, the self <laughs> pity that everybody has, nobody treats me nicely. Everybody looks upon me as if I am some, you know, dog, pariah. This is the third guna. I think it's quite (laughs) prominent in the world today. Because tamas is a part and parcel of our life. We love to talk all the wrong stuff about ourselves. Even if we point out at somebody else, we are criticizing that person and saying, he's so lazy. He can do so many things in the world, but he's not doing You you understand, there is a third guna. So we had stopped till here. Now we are going ahead. So we are doing Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Part 2, Chapter 25, The Three Modes and Beyond. This is verse 6, the balance portion of it. The ordinary transactions of this world which are carried out through the agency of the mind. The objects of perception, the senses and the vital layers of the physical body are also based on the combination of the modes. Now think about it. If the mind is not there, how will you think? Correct? Imagine, there are people in this world, we say they are doing mindless acts. Now I want you to think very carefully. In Florida, there was, there was a young boy of 18 years, 17 or 18 years old. He took a gun and went inside every classroom and shot at random. 15, 16 children from the school. Ask yourself, did he use his mind or no? You can say it's a random act of violence. No, it's not a random act of violence. It is a well thought out act. And he had already established his credential in all his Facebook pages and everywhere saying that I am going to do this. So the mind was a very very important part and parcel of his activity. I am going to do this. The action itself reeks of that ego. I, me, myself. People do all kinds of wrong acts in the world and then they blame it on somebody else. Like, say, for example, this boy will say, Oh, I was removed from the school, I was not treated nicely, people called me names. That is why I want to get even with them and that is why I am going to go and kill everybody. That is the reasoning. Now you will find that there are lots of people in this world who are doing all kinds of wrong actions. Like say for example drugs or rapes or robberies, you know, those kind of things, mugging. What is the reason? I am poor. I was treated badly in school. My mother and father didn't did not exist. I mean, I I am a orphan. I was not given love. You know, you can come up with random answers, and you will put them as the primary answer in your case. And yours means not. Uh, so here yeah, I mean the world. Please understand this. The whole world is going to give reasons why this was not the case or why this was the case. The reasons are very very valid according to them. I was a deprived child and because I was deprived I want to deprive every other person in my world. I was treated badly. So I am going to treat the world badly. Now did you see how the mind came in the middle? The object of perception. Object of perception? This is called the object of perception. Perception. Perception means what? How we perceive things. How we see some things. Why is it that everybody has got a skewed vision of life? Why do they not see properly? Why do they have that, you know, going south, north, you know, those kind of things? Vision like that? It is because we love to give reasons. And today as I told you, we are in the Kali Yuga. So every reason is valid. People get away with murder by saying they are mentally ill. They are mentally ill so they can get away with murder. Children 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years of age are performing very heinous and deadly acts. Killing people. You know, all kinds of things they are doing. Okay. They are juvenile. You mean to say they are juvenile so they should be allowed? But please understand this. Without them using the mind and the objects of perception, they cannot proceed further because the intermingling of these gunas happens. It makes a person do certain things like blame the world, blame everybody else except yourself. Why are you lazy? You can ask a child, you know, why are you lazy? Nobody gets up in my family. Everybody gets up at 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock in the morning. So I am also getting up at 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock. But there will be a person in in that family who may be getting up at 5 o'clock. Why is he not lazy? Oh, his genetic makeup is... I am sorry, they all come from the same genetic pool. Everybody's father and mother are the same. Okay? But one son... If you remember even in the Bible there is a story of Adam and Eve and they had two children Cain and Abel. Now Cain, what did he do to Abel? He disabled him, means he killed him. (laughs) Now both are coming from the same stock, right, parents are the same. Then how is it that these two differ? So this is what we are trying to find out from this chapter. Now you will understand how this is connected in this word. All this is connected, interconnected. Correct? Everything is connected. How is it connected? So it all starts from the word called I. See? The three mode is present in the mentality of I and mind. The moment you say I am responsible, I am doing this, I am doing that. The I has come into play. Ego. The ordinary transactions in this world, which are carried out through the agency of the mind and the objects of perception, whatever the senses and all that, objects of perception, and the vital layers are also based on the combination of the modes. So we are trying to do this. We are trying to establish how all this together, that is the minds, the objects of perception, the senses and the vital layers, everything, how are they making a person become what he is. That is what we are trying to establish. Alright? So now we are starting this, verse 7, the three modes and beyond, Canto 11, part 2, chapter 25 from the Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, That was a recap from last time, whatever I left out. So now we are doing the next one. When a person devotes himself to religiosity, economic development and sense gratification, the faith, wealth and the sensual enjoyments obtained by his endeavours display the interaction of the three modes of nature. What I said just now was, first, when he says I am a good person, I am a good person. I am a very religious person. I get up in the morning, I do all the oblations that are required, I take care of my parents, my children, my family, I work very hard, I go to work and what do I do? I am sincerely working, I sincerely work very very hard. I bring my groceries, I take my children out, I take them to school, drop them back. Attend all the parents' meetings, you know, that PTA meetings that are there. Yes, of course, I attend all the meetings. Yes, I don't look at the other women around. No, I'm very focused. I go for my football games also. Yes, of course, I love those. And then what else? Oh, I take care of my children, I play with them. I'm a very good human being, of course, and I go to church also. So this is called religiosity, he is very clearly establishing the fact that he is a very goody-goody person. All right. Second, economic development. <laughs> How you are economically growing in your world. Yes, I have money in the bank, you see. I have lots of money, I have properties, I have jewels. Everything that is required. I have, you know, my retirement funds are also there. I have invested in shares and various other places. Even bitcoins. I have bitcoins. (laughs) I am thinking about the future. My children, they will go to the best school in the world. This is your economic development that a person does. And then the third one is sense gratification. Yes, I go for movies. Yeah, I want to go to the Lido also. That's my dream, you know. (laughs) In France. Paris, of course. I want to do all those things. I want to go to Las Vegas also. Yes, I want to play the games over there. I want to go to gentlemen's club over there. Interesting people. Then I want to visit all the beautiful places in the world. Sense gratification. I want to visit this place. I want to visit that place. I want to see the fall of, you know, that uh, what they say in Japan. The flowers blooming and all that. I want to see that. I want to sit on Mount Kwai also, by the way. I want to go to Peru. I want to go to South America. I want to do this. I want to climb the Himalayas. Everything. The material worldly person is engrossed in his sense gratification. He wants to eat the best pizza in Italy. Yes, of course, I want to eat that pizza in Italy. He will tell you. I want to go to this, you know, the districts of France, where I can get the best of the wines. Right. Right. Now, all this is a part and parcel of our sense gratification. We want to do everything. Now, how is it happening? How is it taking us forward? The faith. You know how our faith is? If I am getting everything from some place... I will say, God, you are so kind to me, you know, thank you very much for this beautiful family, grace before meal, this, that. Everything in this world is mentioned by the person saying that I want to be a part of this world and God, thank you very much, you know. You have given me enough, fam- you know, good family, uh, good children, I have settled down nicely, I am enjoying my life. So, I want to thank you, dear Lord. And then what happens? One mishap happens. One. The child suffers from some very serious disease. You don't want to take care of me. You want to give my child the worst possible disease in the world. What is this? God, you are not a good person. So God becomes a bad person immediately. Now faith is dependent on trivia. Okay. Let us take a case when a person is getting married and he comes to know or she comes to know that this person is literally a, a Don Juan. He is going around with all different girls every now and then. Then what happens? I don't trust him. You know, in the Middle East and various other places in the world, how much money they spend going to Switzerland and all these places, trying to stitch the hymen back. What is the meaning of that? These are the same people who are doing mutilation. You are talking about stitching back the hymen? What nonsense is that? Everybody believes in this kind of petty things and that is where our faith is. Our faith is, this person is a bad person and you have already labeled that person bad. And another person is good person. Why? You know, he is a very good person. He doesn't have any bad vices. Doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't do this, doesn't run after females. Is very good, you know, focused in his life. Oh, so he's good because of that. You know, when people come to me and they ask me certain questions, I tell them, you know what, human beings are fallible. Fallible means... They can make mistakes. Of course, they can make mistakes. Does anybody not make mistakes? Yes, they cannot make mistakes. You People think, you know, oh, I am a perfect person. You know, I have never made mistakes in my life. No, everybody makes mistakes. We need to forgive them also. We need to forget certain things. But, this is the material world I am talking about. In the spiritual world, it is completely different. Okay? Spiritual world, you, have, you need... of everything (laughs) in the material world. Okay, 50% is all right. 50% good is okay. Less than 50%, 49%? Oh no, is not good. (laughs) That's a bit different story. If the mother gives one tight slap to the child, the, the child immediately thinks my mother is a villain. I mean, one tight slap and how can the mother become a villain? I don't understand, but she becomes a villain. Okay? This idea that people are perfect is wrong in the material world. Nobody is perfect. Everybody has their problems. Everybody has their issues. So, faith is 1920. It doesn't doesn't become straight. Wealth, how many people have wealth? <laughs> Very few, 1% of the population in this world is wealthy. Rest, 99% are not. Sensual enjoyment, sensual enjoyment. I don't need to tell you, just now only I was explaining all the sensual enjoyments. What kind of things you can eat, where you can go, which mountain you can climb, which country you can visit, You which, you know, you go to Canada and see the leaves fall. Of course, I want to see the leaves fall, the red colour leaves. <laughs> everyone everyone talks of these kind of things. And everybody is interested in sensual enjoyment. All these are obtained by the endeavour display in the interaction of the three modes of nature. All this comes about when this interaction of these modes in nature come about. How they are going to happen, we are going to do further. When a man desires sense gratification, being attached to family life and when he consequentially becomes established in religious and occupational duties, the combination of the modes of nature is manifest. When a man desires sense gratification every man desires sense gratification is there anybody who says i don't desire sense gratification everyone desires isn't it to eat the best of the food to drink the best of the stuff to enjoy his life everybody wants sense gratification and in the sense gratification what happens the person ends up getting married and having a family wife or husband or children you you know the whole thing it's called family life a person after getting into sense gratification from the childhood only is, is wanting to get into sense gratification you may say a child is not gra- going to gratify his senses now let us take an example, a very simple example I have a bunch of pencils with me, you know pencils? Alright? And there are 10 children over there. All these 10 children, I am supposed to give them one-one pencil. And these pencils are in different colors. How many will want the blue or the red or the yellow? there will be at least 4-5 children who will say, oh I want red colour I want red colour, I want yellow colour yellow is my favourite there is another person who is going to say I want yellow colour you think they are not gratifying their senses? the colour of that particular pencil is liked by the eye see, the eye prefers that. Is the same thing with ice creams how many flavours are there? same with pizza, isn't it? You go to any of the pizza outlets, you will find a whole list of, oh, this with this, this with this, this with this. And there is a preference there. So the child also has preference, isn't it? Don't they have preference for the balloons? Yes, I want the red color balloon, yellow color, something like that. So sense gratification starts from childhood itself. I love these biscuits, I love that chocolate, I want that color pant, I want that color shirt, this frock, that doll. Okay? Everybody has their perfect, you know, requirements. So, sense gratification begins right at the beginning of life. And as you grow older and older, what happens? It becomes more and more refined. You ask a man, What kind of a car would he like to have? You know the kind of specifications he is going to give you will be Oh my god I never thought of all those things. Even the cover of the seat he will tell you. What cover of the seat he wants. And if you just give him a car with uh, no covering even for the steering wheel he will say Oh the steering wheel is only like this is it? No, no, no. You can bring it down, you can bring it up, you can adjust the seat, you can do this, you can do that. GPS? Yes, of course, GPS is there. This? Yes, it is there. That? It is there. Heater? Yes. What else? His specifications are very, very particular and he will tell you exactly what he wants. And this sense gratification is become literally, uh, he is flowing in his blood. Have you ever tried to go with a woman who wants to select a pair of shoes? Please try. Or a dress. Even jewelry. A simple jewelry. A earring. You understand? Or even a ring. It will take you two to three hours to actually come to a conclusion. And finally at the end of it, she will walk out from there and yet she will say, you know, when she goes back home, I should have bought that other one. Sense gratification. There is no sense gratification. Everybody is running after it. So this is what he says. And especially with family life. Family life is another thing. Which makes a person not only gratify his own self, but herself and children's self also. And whoever that is there along with the family over there. Try finding out what color suits their bedroom. Once upon a time, I was working with the paint industry. And after that, I became a consultant with the paint industry. I left the job and I became a consultant. And the biggest thing that happened during that time was, you know, the biggest competitor for us, that means the number one paint manufacturer, he told me, uh, you should do a market research and tell me exactly how are we supposed to position our paints in the marketplace. So we I went out, I sent a lot of people in the market trying to gauge... How does the market react? What is it that makes a person decide? We did sampling of hundreds and thousands of people, by the way. And the paint earlier was sold in the paint shop. In the paint shop. And the painter and somebody will decide, Okay, we will have this paint. And the painter was the main person to decide for that. In India, we don't have self-painting. So, somebody else has to paint for us. So, we have painters. There are a lot of free people sitting in India. They they need money, so they will paint. So, (laughs) we have a lot of labourers here. Okay. So, finally, I did the research and I came back to the company and I said, You know what? The decision maker which we have always thought as the man is wrong. The decisions are based entirely on a woman's perception of this world. That was a big revelation that happened and a new theme came into the picture. The woman said, You know, in India, we wear dupattas. Dupattas means you wear two piece. That is the top and the bottom, and we throw a shawl. A shawl is basically called a dupatta. I want the color of my dupatta on my walls. What? This dupatta looks very nice. You know, it will look nice on the walls. A trivial stuff. I like this color because it's the color of this is the color of that. absolutely no nonsensical world out there person said my type of green my type of cream my type of this I me myself sense gratification such was born a new industry where the paint industry can make a lot of money because they know the customer is an idiot how is the customer idiot The person will say, this is the color of my sweater. Can you please make this color and give me? And the company says, okay, we can make that color for you. It's going to cost you so much. I'm sure, Susan, you will know. There are lots of people in this world. They will come to you and they will say, can I have the color of my car yellow in color, this yellow? burnt yellow oh my god burnt yellow color car yes then i'll have to talk to the company get you that color and it's going to cost you another five thousand dollars extra is that okay yes it is okay because it's the color of my dog the color of your dog is that color that is why you want your car that way how stupid can a person be as if he's going to enjoy the color throughout his life no it's a whimsical thing only for a few days the dog will die And your car is going to get spoiled. It's going to get scratched. And then you had it. And yet, human beings are so petty in their world. They want a particular color. I want a burgundy color. Burgundy, how many colors of nail polish are there? Do you know? And the lipstick? In the red color itself, you will get a thousand varieties. Which burgundy are you talking about? There is no way we can say that this is what I want. So this is the thing which happened and everything is like I was was giving you this example because my wife likes this color. So the man decides that the color of his drawing room or the bedroom has to be like this because my wife likes the color. So family life became a part of his world. My children, you know, they love this. So I will take it home. Is that so? So your children are the deciding factor. Your wife is a deciding factor. And this is what is called family life. We get, you know, as if, I don't know whether you all have seen, you know, there is a bull and there is a nose and you put a ring in that and you pull that, that bull. is like that. The human being becomes exactly like that he has become so attuned towards, you know, pandering to his own family and so he has become like that. So what happens to this man? Being attached to family life, when he consequently becomes established in the religious and occupational duties, finally what happens to this poor fellow? Just imagine, he used to go for football games, he used to go for outings, you know, mountain climbing, you know, rappling and all those kind of stuff. He used to do rock climbing. Okay, weekends, he would meet his friends in the pubs, in the bars and everywhere. And they would chat away to glory and they would see all the matches over there. Sometimes he would play. Sometimes he would go out here and there. Then he gets married. Everything comes to a grinding halt. He can't go for the football game because the wife has said her cousin's wedding is there. So we have to uh, visit that, you know, we have to pay a visit to the cousin. That is more important than their football game. But when he was a person who was alone in his world, the football game was important. Even if his some best friend was dying, it does not matter. He can die after my game. But first I have to see the football game. He was always like this. But now some idiot's wedding is more important in his life. Why? Because his wife said so. Otherwise, she will throw him out of the bedroom. So you go and sleep in the you know on the couch over there, you don't come to me. And what are the stupid reasons it's like that? I have a neighbor downstairs who will say, you please don't make any noise. The thick walls down here, but how do you make noise? No, if you please something is falling, you know, my children will get awakened. My children will get awakened, that is why. Now everything is moving around the child. See? They are bothered. This is called family life. Everything is now centered around this small family. My Guru says, The pigeon. The story of a pigeon hunter and a pigeon. You see there is a pigeon husband and wife. Okay? And they have one small baby. One day it so happens that both the male and the female pigeon have gone away to search for the food. And then a hunter comes and grabs this small pigeon. He throws the net and grabs. So the mother comes over there. She looks at, oh my god, my child, my child, my child, my child, my child. And she also gets caught. Seeing the wife and the child, the male pigeon also gets caught. So my guru says, my guru's guru, one of my guru's guru is the pigeon. He says family life is like this. The child is caught, so the wife is caught, so the husband is caught. Everybody gets caught in the meshes of this family life. That's how everything ends. Spiritualism has nothing to do with that. But how we are going to do it is going to get established. So family life. When he consequentially becomes established in religious and occupational duties. After serving his wife for many many years, driving her around, taking care of the children, buying things for children. You know, you you know all these things a man does. He will tell him when to get up, when to sit down, when to do what. And when such a person, after many years, he gets so frustrated and tired of this life, he says, In the past, I used to go for games, I would do this, I would do that, and now. For so many years, I have become literally like a servant in my house. What is my job? I just have to earn money. I have to get it. And I have to feed everybody. And till today, I have not gone and done anything for myself. Finally, frustration in life, all those kind of problems that he has faced, makes the person turn towards God. And that is where... Consequentially, the consequences are this. At the end of his life, he gets so frustrated with his life that he says, After this, I am going to go to only church every day. I am going to temple. I am going to sit over there and do all my bhajans and kirtans, you know, all the songs I am going to sing over there. He goes, You will find with these idiots, I am calling them idiots because you know they have got frustrated with life. That is why they have come over there you will find them having dog-eared books. You know? Of poems and songs and all which he goes with every single day. Have you ever been to church and seen that book which is kept in the pews over there? It is dog-eared. It is worn out and people will open it. Come Holy Ghost, create. Oh my God, the same thing they say every day. The same thing happens even in our world, by the way. Om Namo Bhagavate. Oh my God, the same thing they talk every day. The 1000 names of Vishnu. Of course I know Vishnu has got 1000. He has got maybe a billion names. Who knows? But the same thing he is going to repeat every day. Why? I am tired of this life. I am frustrated with it. Can I just go somewhere? I don't want to go through these horrors of this society. I've had enough of it. You know, every day to face that same wife of mine, is I don't want to face her after this. And my children, it's better they go away to school somewhere or they just run away from my life. This man is a frustrated human being. And finally, because of frustration, he has turned towards religiosity. And he has become established in religious and occupational duties. You will find them running around in circles when there is a big congregation. Please sit down. Can you sit down in your seat? Please do not make noise. The priest will be coming just now. Have you heard some idiot talking like this? Shh. You know there are those people and now after the after the service is over, I would like to tell you something about the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to tell me something about Lord Jesus Christ? Yes. You can become a member of our society. We meet three times in a month. He's trying to sell God. Sell books. Sell God. Sell, you know, weekend retreats. We are having a collection drive, you must be having some things in your garage, you know garage sale is going on, can you just contribute some? He has become exactly like an idiot and he thinks that is spirituality. Okay? He has dog-eared his books of all those religious hymns and all to such a level and now he thinks he's become religious. This is what happens to him. Krishna, this particular verse is telling you, Krishna is telling Uddhava this thing. The combination of the modes of nature is manifest. It comes out in him. Ah, It's dawned on this person as if. A person exhibiting qualities such as self-control is understood to be predominantly in the modes of goodness. Similarly, a passionate person is recognized by the lust and one is ignorant, is recognized by qualities such as anger. So now we have three kinds of people, we are going to just define them and then move to the next one. So the first person, he is having self-control. I have given up smoking. Is that so? Very good. I am always focused, you know, in the, in the services. You, have, you see my son is there in the choir. Can you see him? There he is. He come for that meeting because the choir is going to sing. In the same way, my daughter is performing you know, Bharatnatyam in front of the God over here. My daughter is performing Bharatnatyam or some kind of a you know, dance form when I went to Trivandram, you know, Thirivanantapuram. Inside that big temple they were having dance and other things going on and I am sure all those people who are watching were thinking that is called spirituality Okay, if that is what you want to say so the person who says these kind of things is thinking of himself as spiritual such a kind of a person says I am self controlled you see I eat very less I don't do this I don't do that All those kind of things I don't do. I become a very spiritual person. This is called Sattva Guna. Then the second one is driven by lust. I want money, I want power, I want this, I want that. So just a few words. And then the last one, I don't care. I am least bothered. Why the hell is everybody bothering me? Can I sleep for some more time? The ignorant person is the third one. So description of these three Krishna has given, now we are going to go into the details. Any person, man or woman who worships me with loving devotion, offers his or her prescribed duties unto me without material attachment, is understood to be situated in the goodness. He is still defining it. Someone, a person, that is a man or a woman, who worships Krishna, who worships the Almighty, who worships the Father in heaven. Offering his or her prescribed duties unto me. That means, is dedicated for to my work. Is dedicated to my work. That means, even in the church or the temple, they are doing only jobs for me. Alright? Such a kind of a person. Without any material attachment. Remember, his wife and his children have tortured him so much, his material attachment is gone. At the end of it, his material possession only are gone. Including his peace of mind, isn't it? The family has taken away everything, including his favorite chair. Now he can't even sit in his favorite chair. Why? Grandchildren are sitting in it. Okay? And the grandfather will say, hey, that's okay, no problem. I agree. They let them sit. Why is the grandfather allowing the children to sit? Because all his possessions that were there are now taken away. Even his favorite desk, you know, which where he used to sit and do all kinds of reading, writing or whatever. The son wants it. Or the daughter wants it. Why? She's an architect. You know, she needs that big table. She's an architect and she needs a big table. (laughs) Okay, take the table. So everything that is there, which belong to the man, material possessions have gone. He may have a very old camera, you know. You know those old Leica or Hasselblad cameras are there right from the 50s and 60s. The the son or the daughter will come, Dad, can I borrow your Leica? Why do you need it? It's a very old one. You have your Nikons and your Canons, no? No, Dad. Everybody wants to see the black and white photography and your Leica used to give good photographs. For one you know, reel of photographs, he takes the camera and everything and goes away. After that, it is never returned back. It never comes back to the father ever again. <laughs> it's such a common phenomenon, you know. It's like for me, what I used to do, what? I will, I would go to my father-in-law and I would look at his books and I would say, those books are there, no? The Osho books, can I take it? He would reluctantly part with it. He had no choice, no? He said, okay. But you return it back. By the way, it is still not returned. I used to read his books and never return them back. One day I saw he had some very fantastic, uh, you know, cards. Not those playing cards. The etching cards. Okay. And I told him, do you do this? He says, when I was young, I used to do that. I said, when I, just now at this age, I am doing it. Can you give it to me? There was a very big argument with him for two days or three days. <laughs> Finally, he gave it up. And believe me, I have never used them more than two or three times. And they're just lying over there. It's a very common phenomenon. The son-in-law has the first say in the matters. Please remember that. Those who have son-in-laws, which should remember this, they don't have that. They cannot say those other things. How can you... You know, you are a very generous person. So, material possessions go out of the window when you have a family, by the way. <laughs> so, they finally, what is his possession left? He will only go to the church or the temple and sit over there full day. What are you doing over there? What else is there? I'm already 65, 70 years old. There is nothing left in my life to do. So this is what I will do. Ah, yes, the rich people, they will go and play golf. I don't, I don't have that much money. So, because all my money is taken away. I have given it away also <laughs> to charity. So such a kind of a person, he finally turns to worship God, by the way. <laughs> Reluctantly a bit. But, and a desire to commit again. Understood to be situated in goodness. So such a person, forcibly is made to live a life of goodness. There are no choices for him. Because everybody is against him. What is he supposed to do? And when he was a young man, he could fight his way out of any situation. You know, nobody could stand in front of my father, they will say. I am sure you have heard many people, you know. You can't argue with this man. Have you heard these words? Of course. (laughs) Just like you can't argue with this woman. She's so headstrong. Finished. That is the end of Solomon Grundy. So, that kind of a person is a devotee of mind, Krishna says. Finally, he becomes a devotee of mind. He gives up all his material possessions and he has no attachment whatsoever because at the end of the day, how can you be attached to all these people? They themselves have cut off all the relations with you, isn't it? The children never turn up. Even if you call them 10 times in a year, are you coming? I am very busy, you know, I have got this meeting, I am going to London, I am going to this, I am going to do They have got time to go to London and do all the, uh, you know, uh, running around over there, but they don't have to, that time to come for just two hours and meet. So that attachment, detachment becomes very fast. You know, that cutting off of our relationship becomes extremely easy. So when a person worships me by his prescribed duty with the hope of gaining material benefit, his nature should be understood to be of passion and one who worships me with desire to commit violence against others is ignorance. So simple answers over here. A person who is interested in making money all his life, I want money, I want power, I want this, I want that. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. I want a good house, I want a good car, I want this, I want to travel. They will try to find out. Uh, is there any space, Is there any place where I can go? Uh, can I go in outer space? Can I go to Mars? Can I be the first person to go out there? Of course they want to go and do all kinds of things. So such a kind of a person is called ruled by passion. So he comes under the second guna called Rajas. Then the third one, I don't know, you know all the kind of things, I don't have to repeat. The biggest idiot in the world comes from the third guna. Okay. He will tell you why everything is going wrong against him, why he has to rob, why he has to do rapes, why he has to do all the wrong things in the world. He is from the third guna, It's full of ignorance. So this verse was simple, I don't have to, because we are doing the same thing over and over again. No, I think by now you must be bored. The three modes of material nature, goodness, passion and ignorance influence the living entity but not me. Manifesting within his mind, they induce the living entity to become attached. material bodies and other created objects in this way, the living entity is bound up. This verse has a small distinction. We have been talking about God inside of you, isn't it? God in me, God in me. The body, mind and senses are all running outwards. Running after all the material things. But the God inside, he is absolutely not interested. He cannot be influenced. So we will do this verse slowly. There are three modes which we just described. Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. Goodness, Passion and Ignorance. Don't forget this anytime. They influence the human being. But they don't influence God Almighty how do they do they manifest within his mind they induce the living entity to become attached to material bodies and other created objects this we will do slowly manifesting within his mind please remember this Everything is manifested within the mind only. I want you to think carefully. When you went to church or when you went to the temple, why did you go over there? Someone told you to go. Who told you there is God living over there? Someone told you that there is God living over there. Have you seen God over there till today? The answer is resounding, no. I have never seen God over there. The person who told you to go over there, has he or she seen God? The answer is no. They have been taught by somebody else. What is the answer? All the answers are capital N-O. No. But why are we following what they are doing? Herd mentality. You understand what a herd mentality is? Everybody is going in there. I will also go. Herd mentality is the reason why we go and do these kind of things in our world. So, and who has told you? Your mind has told you. We are judgmental in nature, so we decide what the mind says. The mind has said you need to trust your father or mother as a child. So if they say that you have to go to church or temple, you have gone there. And there is a priest over there, and he has said, God lives in this statue, God lives in this church. That priest himself has never seen it but still he is very very vehemently saying and the whole world is talking about it and they all come with the herd mentality and do the prayers over there. So everybody including you start believing in that. All because everybody is deluded. The mind said so. Delusion is a part and parcel of our life. The mind says so, so we start believing in it. And this mind then induces the living entity to become attached to material bodies and other created objects. You know, if your mind says, this man is so handsome, he looks like George Clooney. Oh. George Clooney is supposed to be very handsome. Richard Gere. Very good. Hrithik Roshan. Okay, Hrithik Roshan is one of the handsomest guys in, in the Bollywood film industry. Oh, Shah Rukh Khan. Oh, he's a Shah Rukh Khan. Oh, this woman looks like Aishwarya Rai. And people fall for this. Why? They are driven by their senses. This is exactly what happens. And man gets lost in his world of the mind. So what we will do is, we will stop here because this is an important lesson. I will do this tomorrow. But just a small recap. We were doing, everything is ruled in this world by three gunas. So the goodness is the first one, sattva guna. Second one is rajas or activity based or passion based. And the third one is driven by ignorance. So we have actually opened the topic once again. I think we should be doing this topic millions of times and we still don't understand it. So Krishna is again giving us the repeat lessons. And now he is going to give us a reasoning how this influence happens. And this verse, we will repeat it from this manifesting within this mind. So take care, have a very good day or good night. Bye.